Hello and greetings in Jesus' name. It's good to be here, and so I hope you have your Bible. Uh, and uh, we'll open it to the book of, uh, book of James, right after the book of Hebrews. Just a word, this morning uh, before I came here, I spoke to Pastor Bill. He is recovering, he's hoping for a day of rest, and he's praying for us, and we prayed together this morning just before I came. Uh, uh, some of you may know that uh, I grew up in a Christian home, and my dad took us to church every Sunday. I mean, every Sunday, all of my life. Uh, you could count on, on one hand and have fingers left over the number of times I missed church in my life until COVID-19, and now all at once, I'm in a drought. I've never missed church so much in my life. But the church is not the building. The church is the people of God. The church is, is us. And it's good to be here. Even so, I, I, I was happy this morning to come into a church building. And I'm praying that soon we'll be able to worship again together. And so now let's pray and ask God to open our minds and our hearts to understand and to put into practice his word. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word, for your love, that you are a great and compassionate and loving God. And you came to this sinful world, sent the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Thank you that he came and lived that perfect life, that he became the perfect sacrifice, that he died on Calvary's cross, that our sins might be forgiven, that he was able to say, it is done. We thank you that, of course, he did not stay dead. But on the third day, on the first day of the week, arose from the dead, triumphant forever and ever, to be our Lord and our Savior. And so now we thank you and we ask that you would help us to focus on your word this morning, during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your device or your Bible, James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26, listen carefully to the word of God. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, be fed, and does nothing about their physical needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there's one God? Well, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. So you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. 
In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off on a different direction? Conclusion. As the body without spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So look carefully at verse 26. Uh, what is faith without deeds? It's dead. Dead. Graveyard dead. Just dead. It can do nothing. Zilch. Nada. A friend wanted to ask me this. Can a dead faith save a dead man? I think you know the answer. Now let's talk a little bit about faith. Uh, some people have faith in faith. You know, they say, if I have a lot of faith, then a lot will accomplish because I have faith. Well, they're not trusting in God or the object. They're trusting in the faith. If you have a lot of faith, you get a lot done. If you have a little faith, get a little done. If you have no faith, you get nothing done. That is not at all a biblical concept of faith. That's not how it is. Listen, a great faith in Buddha is worthless. A great faith in the wrong God is hopeless. Jesus said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that's about the size of a radish seed, little tiny, tiny, tiny. And, but it's not how big the faith is, it's, it's how big God is. And we trust in him. Um, a little faith in the God of the universe can produce great results. Jesus mentioned that. My faith is in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Have faith in the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Let's look at a few verses about faith in the Scripture. First, uh, Hebrews, a uh, great chapter on faith. Uh, it reads like this. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 3, it says this. Now, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were com commended for. Listen, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was made from what is not visible. So how do I know that God created the heavens and the earth with his spoken word? By faith. And then Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, classic. Now without faith... It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And then this book, uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews, is called the faith chapter, the ch champions of faith, uh, heroes of faith. And uh, each one of them, uh, the, the author mentions their name and then tells what they did. Each of them deserves a sermon. Of course, this morning we're not going to do that. But here the Bible lists for us all eternity these heroes of the faith. Here's the list. Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses, and Rahab. That's ten. There are six more listed, but their deeds are not. They are Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. But listen, that is just a sample list. God's list of heroes of the faith includes 
thousands and thousands and thousands of people who since the beginning of time have lived by faith and God has taken note of that. Listen, let me ask you a question. Are you on the list? Are you living by faith? Are you doing things by faith? Then your name is on God's list. Hebrews chapter 11, it must be a million pages in God's book. My name's on that list. 1968, by faith I left the United States and came to Brazil to serve the Lord. Trusted him to provide for us. And he has provided more than I could imagine. And I believe that Janet and I have our name <clears throat> on that list. Now let's go back to our text in James. James mentions two people that acted in faith, Abraham and Rahab. One was a man, one was a woman. One was from the tribe of uh, the God's people, uh, a Jew, and one is a heathen. Interesting enough. Uh, now, this morning, we're just going to take uh, one of those, uh, Abraham. Paul, in the book of Romans, mentions this very story. Romans chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, says like this. What shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Now Paul is referring to the book of Genesis chapter 15 where it reads, and the word of the Lord came to Abraham. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is born to your flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him outside. This is God in the person of pre-incarnate Jesus took him outside and said, look at the stars and count the stars if you can count them. And uh, Abraham looked up. Uh, no, I can't count them. I can't. Now, on a clear night out in the country where you don't have pollution from the city, you can probably see just a little over 3,000 stars. Beautiful. But uh, Abraham couldn't count them. And what he had no idea, that beyond the 3,000 that he could see, there are multiplied millions out there that man had discovered once he got the telescope going. Now, so shall your offspring be. If you can't count the stars, you won't be able to count your descendants. There's going to be so many. Humanly speaking, this was impossible. Do you know that when this happened, Abraham was 99 years old. He was an old man. He was, uh, and Sarah was also about 90. And so her, the days of childbearing had been over a long, long time. And so, can God do that? Can God bring a miracle birth? If you can believe the first words of the Bible, you can believe anything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth by the word of his mouth. 
that which was not came into being. So if God can create the world, God can give Abraham a son, he and Sarah, even though they are well past uh, childbearing age. Humanly speaking, impossible. Abraham believed. In other words, he had faith in Almighty God. If he can speak the universe into being, nothing is impossible for him. Now let's jump ahead about 15 years. Now chapter 22. Sometime later, this sometime, and I think it's around 15 years or so, uh, God tested Abraham. Now remember this. God never tempts anyone. God doesn't want you to sin. God doesn't want you to do what's wrong. He wants you to do what's right and live by faith and be victorious. He would never, ever tempt you to sin. But he'll test you. He will put you to the test to see if what you say is real. He does that. And, and he tests all of us from time to time. And uh, the testing is a proof that we're God's children, that we're his child, and that he wants us to be stronger because these testings bring out our faith. And it says, Abraham believed God. So he said, Abraham, here I am. That's me right here. Then he said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. This is probably the greatest test that the Lord God has ever put on a human being. Abraham loved his son. He was a miracle child. And the promise had for through him would come descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the grains of sand in the sea. And now God says, give him to me as a sacrifice. Now, in that time and culture, many heathen religions did sacrifice their children to the gods, especially babies. Moloch and other false gods received sacrifices of little children. And Abraham said, well, I love the true God more than these people love the false God. How is this going to work? Now, the other interesting thing is God gave it to him in the night, and the Bible says, early the next morning. He got up before sunrise. I'm going to do God's will. I'm going to do what God says. And he figured it out. I know what's going to happen. God cannot lie. God says that Isaac is going to be the, the beginning of the descendants that are countless. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to sacrifice him, and God is going to bring him back to life. That's what's happened. Let's go. So he gets a servant and a donkey and some wood and some fire, and off they go to Mount Moriah. Abraham had his faults. He was not perfect. But one thing for sure, he recognized the voice of God. And when he heard the voice of God, he would obey no matter what. So Abraham passed the test. And God honored him in a very special way. You know that Christians all over the world, in every language and in every culture, honor Abraham, man of faith. 
Did you know that Jewish people all over the world honor Abraham because he was a man of faith? Did you know that the Muslims all over the world honor Abraham because he was a man of faith? As far as I can tell, no person has ever received uh, that kind of honor in the history of mankind because he was a man who knew and loved him. Now listen, if faith is just words, then it's not faith at all. It's just words. Saying you have faith doesn't prove that you have faith. It doesn't. It just means that you know how to say, I have faith. Now, if you remember, verse 26 of James chapter 2 says this, As a body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. And again, what can a dead something do? Can a, what can a dead person do? What can a dead dog do or a dog cat or a dog animal or a dog any, anything that has life? Once it's dead, it's dead and you better bury it because it's going to rot and stink and create serious problems. So faith without works, without producing something is just talk. Now here's a Bible principle. When the plain sense makes good sense, seek no other sense. We understand the Bible, the, the, the difficulty, the difficult things in the light of simple teachings. Have you ever heard of this? What is the most important question that any person could ever ask? Here's the question. How can a sinful purpose person be justified before a holy God and go to heaven and not hell? That's the most important question that anybody will ever face. How can a sinful person stand before a holy God and be justified and go to heaven and not to hell? The Bible gives us that answer. And entry enough, it's by faith. This is our sermon, faith. Now, let me take a few minutes and, and talk about uh, faith, but not faith in faith, and not faith in religion, and not faith in what you do. It doesn't. So let's, let's look at the Bible. John, I love the Gospel of John. In my lifetime, early in my career in Brazil, the team that I work with, together we gave out a million Gospels of John. Because the Gospel of John was written specifically for people to come to know Christ. Remember how the, in John chapter 20, verse 20, 31, it ends like this. And many other things Jesus did, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have <clears throat> life in his name. Now, believing and faith is the same thing. Same word. Believe, faith, that, that goes together. So, John chapter 1. He was in the world, Jesus, and the world was made through him. Jesus was the one, by the way, who said, let there be light, and there was light. I think you know that. He was in the world, the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, the own world that he made, and the own people that he was born into that family. And yet, 
but his own, his own world and his own people, did not receive him. Yet to all who received him or had faith in him or who believed him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If you're a child of God, you can stand before a holy God and you can be assured of heaven and not the other place. John 3.16, perhaps the most famous, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would have faith, believe in him, will not perish, but have everlasting life. So not saying that you believe in him, but believing in him, learn from him, obeying him. John chapter 10, verses 27 through 30. Listen, Jesus said, My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. They know me. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So what does the sheep do? They listen and obey the voice of Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He gives them eternal life. By the way, as he summarizes the teaching on salvation, Romans chapter 10. But what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. The message concerning faith that we proclaim. Here it is. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Now, that can't be just, I just say that. You're confessing a reality. Jesus is your Lord. Okay, Saying the word Jesus is Lord doesn't make him Lord. But he, when you declare truthfully that Jesus is Lord, and you have faith in your heart, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And confess your faith and are saved. But the scripture says, various places, various ways, anyone, anyone, I love that word, anybody, anyone, anywhere, who believes in him will never be put to shame. There's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. The same Lord is Lord over all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, interestingly how it doesn't say anyone who calls on the name of Jesus. Although we do call on Jesus, we call on him as Lord. You get that? What does a person have to do? Declare. You can't be just saying words. Words without action is dead, remember? He must be your Lord. My daughter, you know, is a pilot with Whitcliffe Bible Translators. So I asked Joy, which wing on the airplane is the most important? The right wing or the left wing? Oh, Dad, what a silly question. Uh, they're equally important. You can't fly an airplane with one wing. And 
You can't have works and not faith, or faith without works, they go together, and they are real. You have faith alone? It's not good enough. Really, it isn't faith, it's just words. It's dead faith. And so we ask again, can a dead faith save a dead man? Dead in your trespasses and sins? Do you work so you can earn and get to God by your works? You can't. Nobody can. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so this morning, as we close, I want you to put your faith, check and be sure that your faith is real, that your faith produces decisions and actions and movements and things that you do because you believe in Jesus, because he is your Lord. The word of God is infallible. You read it. You love it. And ask yourself, have you really taken Jesus into your life as your Savior? If you haven't, today would be a wonderful day to do that. Say in your heart, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't save myself. I know that faith in faith will not do it. And so I put my faith in Jesus. I believe in him. I accept him as my Savior and as my Lord to live for him, to obey him, and to thank him until one day I arrive in your presence. In Jesus' holy name, amen.